Oh my god, what am I doing? Hi, welcome to Just Thinking Out Loud. My name is Desiree. I don't know if you know, but last month in June, a paper came out talking about how higher educational institutions in the United States focus more on diversity when it comes to demographic diversity and not intellectual diversity. This might sound like no Desiree. However, I think the research, the discussion that I saw in the paper, and the fact that there's actual hard data on there, and they try to account for the other side and other arguments, that's important for people to understand exactly how academic institution, institutions work. I want to go through the paper and some of its conclusions and also some of the discussions and then tell you why I think, yeah, this is really important, even if maybe you already know, because I was like, wow, it's awesome that they did this research. The title of the paper is Using Word Embeddings to Analyze How Universities Conceptualize Diversity in Their Online Institutional Presence. That doesn't sound that nice <laughs> when you read the title, but what they were doing was crawling the websites for, for different universities and seeing how they use the term diversity if they meant demographic diversity or intellectual diversity. So what they did was focus on how the word was used within the context of the other words surrounding it. So if you use a word like diversity, if you had other words like pol politics or race or ethnicity or religion, then you can decide whether or not the word diversity was actually referring to demographic or intellectual. And they defined demographic diversity as being ethnicity, race, gender, nationality, or sexual orientation, and intellectual diversity as variation in mental phenomena, such as opinions, beliefs, values, or political orientation. They specify that they choose religious orientation to, to fall under intellectual diversity because it supports narrative, it supports a narrative about the nature of reality. There were two figures that were really interesting. One was the usage frequency of the word diversity over time in English books, and they looked at Google Books to find that information. And if you look at the chart, it's in decades, so it's between 20 to 30, the 20s to 30s, 1990s, and 2000s, and then the most recent one. There's a huge spike from 1990 to 2000. I guess they would have 2000 to 2010, but they don't actually have 2010 to 2019, which is our most current decade. But that's quite interesting to see the use of the word diversity rise, but this is in books. And I want to specify that this is actually not in online publications and just internet searches, because I think that would probably be even more the effects would probably be even larger if you saw that, I'm guessing. So that was one figure that they had. And another figure is where they show which universities they were looking at. They describe them as elite universities. And if you see here, they, were, they looked at Princeton, Harvard, University of Chicago, Yale, Columbia, Stanford, MIT, Duke, University of Pennsylvania, John Hop, Johns Hopkins, Dartmouth, Caltech, Northwestern, Brown, Cornell, Rice, Notre Dame, Vanderbilt, Washington University, Emory, Georgetown, Berkeley, USC, Carnegie Mellon, UCLA, Virginia, Tufts, University of Michigan, Wake Forest University, University of North Carolina, Boston College, William & Mary, Rochester, Brandeis, I've never heard of that one, Georgia Tech, NYU, Case Western Reserve, or that one, UCSB, Boston U, North Northeastern, RPI, Tulane, 
UCI Leahy, UC Davis, UC San Diego, Illinois, Miami, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania State University. So this particular chart is showing how when they use the word diversity, if they are being fair in terms of talking about not just demographic diversity or just intellectual diversity, but possibly both. So the word diversity has a broader definition if the two points, the red square and the blue circle are closer together. And then when they're further apart, that means there is a great, when they say diversity, they actually are talking about one specific thing. In this case, where this paper, it specifically means demographic diversity. And they have another chart that explains that more. So if you're looking at this one, it says that Columbia, Caltech, Rice, Emory, and RPI, those universities actually use the term diversity to not just mean demographic diversity. I came across this piece of research because I follow someone named Corey Clark who does sort of social psychology when it comes to diversity and political bias. She does a lot of research in that and she had pointed out one of these charts and I was like, wow, this is quite interesting. And also that diversity chart showing the volume of the usage of the word diversity over time in English books. So there's another chart that kind of explains more what they were doing when they were, I don't know if you're interested in this research a bit of it, but when they were looking at these websites, diverse and diversity are in green, the stars, and then the words around them, they show you what context the words diverse and diversity were used in. So the red ones were in the demographic context, which is what we expect nowadays. And then also the blue circles were in the intellectual concept of diversity. So if these surrounding words were the context within which diverse and diversity were used, then you can know that they were mostly talking about demographic or intellectual diversity. And as you can see, because all the red squares are so much closer to the green stars of diverse and diversity, that means that actually when they use that word, they meant demographic and not intellectual. I know I'm kind of going into detail. I don't know. I think the people who listen or watch my content, some of you would be interested in knowing details like that and some of you would not be. So yeah, it's kind of what we would expect. The word diversity has come to mean something very different from its actual definition. They define diversity in this paper and I did like the definition they came up with. The term diversity within human groups refers to the degree of differences in identifying features among members of a group. The nature of those differences warrants diversity to be oper operationalized in many ways, including demographic diversity, example ethnicity, race, gender, nationality, or sexual orientation, and intellectual diversity, example variation in mental phenomena such as opinions, beliefs, values, or political orientation. And by the way, that paragraph is how they allowed three people to decide how these words um, fit into either the demographic diversity concept or the intellectual diversity concept and there were other concepts of diversity than just these but that's what they were focusing on because they could kind of define them so what does this mean it means what we already know which is that universities really care about bringing in a diverse group of students when it comes to their demographic representation and the reasoning behind that is that certain groups were excluded in the past, and so they have to make up for it in the present. And also because even when they've been trying to make up for it for a while, they're still not seeing the results that they want. So here's the thing. 
school is about education. And something that they talk about in here is that when there are institutions whose specific purpose is often exploratory in nature, such as education or research, it's extremely important to have viewpoint heterogeneity and not homogeneity. They also specify that groupthink or viewpoint homogeneity is a predictor of intolerance. So they cite sources in here. So it's not just these, this scientist's opinion, it's based on research. And I'm not saying that you always need research to come to conclusions, but it's great to have seen that in here. This might be important information if you're thinking of sending your offspring to a school somewhere. It might be important to you to think about that. It's very important for you to be able to hold different ideas in your head. And if you're in an environment that does not encourage that, in a way you're stymieing your intellectual ability to think critically and not just intellectual in terms of critical thinking, not in terms of like storing knowledge, because that's a different thing. They also made this interesting argument that if they're trying to correct for past exclusion, then actually in academia, conservatives and right-leaning non-liberal thinking people have always been excluded for decades, even more so than specific demographic groups. So I'm not trying to be facetious, but that's quite interesting to think about. If they're trying to correct for exclusion in the past, then they should probably think about that as well. Researchers have found that the majority of academic fields are highly skewed towards large Democrats to Republicans ratios, with the largest gaps occur occurring in the humanities, 10 to 1, D to R ratio, and liberal arts fields, 8 to 1, D to R ratio. Cardiff and Klein, 2005, Langbert et al., 2016. It has been shown before that political orientation is a strong contributor to viewpoint variance. 1983, Emler et al. In its current state, the academy lacks viewpoint diversity. As a result, a homogeneous liberal academy could conceivably form a power structure unlikely to desire opening its circuit's intellectual outgroups. That affects what they do research on, how they frame topics, what new topics other students are introduced to because they can feel that they can't necessarily say something. I've personally felt that. Like I've had certain topics brought up in class, you know, like stuff I would talk about on my channel, and I would just, I just, it's just not worth the possible confrontation that could occur. I just won't bother. I can tell you that I never felt that way growing up um, in Jamaica. I went to school there until I was 17. I never felt that. I always felt like I could give my opinion on something. But I have learned since being in the United States to just, it's just not worth the effort. It's not that it, I'm definitely not afraid of confrontation, but it's just not worth the effort to me because I'm going to have to see these people. I mean, I don't hide what I do either, but I don't talk about it up front. I'm going to have to see these people for the rest of my time in school. So I'm just not going to bother to do that. That's not good for education and learning. It's not, it's not a good thing. Personally, this information is important for me to bring up and talk about because I don't like how people who are like the, those described in the paper, who are in academia and who are more left-leaning, their sociocultural view of the world puts how I look or where I'm from as more important in terms of understanding me and helping me or people like me in that way as more important than what's going on inside my head or inside my heart or culturally, things like that. 
And so I'm very interested in this topic. I think it's really important. And I'm also very much into knowledge and learning. And it's really important to get different viewpoints. That's how you strengthen your own. And where they bring up the impact it can have on intolerance, that's also very important. As we're seeing with a lot of violence, fanaticism in the United States, this is both on the left and on the right, but I do think the fact that it's more enshrined in these higher educational institutions says a lot because these are seen as the pinnacle of research and forward thinking. I don't want to say in the world, but maybe in the English speaking world for the US, a lot of people come to the United States. I heard that was kind of on the decline, but for the most part, people tend to migrate over here and that's not just for higher education, but also for higher education. Um, so it's really important for universities to stop doing this. I think it's like totally not cool. Um, and, it's, and it was great to see this research on it. They point out in their discussion that the benefits of viewpoint diversity have been shown to be more consistent and pronounced than those of demographic diversity. That is in terms of group performance, specifically for groups or institutions that are often exploratory in nature, which is what learning is about. So universities beware, and the general public, even though you probably already knew, you now have some research to back it up, be aware of how these academic institutions operate, and at least the people who are, maybe not the professors, maybe they're professors, some who don't speak up, but there's definitely a culture of uh, the left-leaning way of thinking of diversity, which I think is important-ish, but not more important than what's going on inside you. I would actually say what's going on inside and in your head is more important. However, I do acknowledge that demographic and intellectual content do correlate sometimes, but they don't always and they don't often. So I think it's very important for educational institutions to stop doing this because they're there for the purpose of learning learning how to think and not necessarily learning what to think. And I also think it might become uh, an issue where even though on paper, these institutions are still seen as elite. I didn't really think of some of these places as elite, but I'm sure that there was good reasoning behind that. For people who are in the know, they might start to actually not put faith in those institutions anymore because they know how much value they're putting on these things and pushing this liberal agenda forward. I thought this research was really interesting and I just wanted to share it with you guys. I, it's been on my radar for like a month now, pretty much since it came out. So I hope you found that interesting. And uh, just to reiterate, the guy who did this, excuse me, the professor who did this was David Rosado. He holds a PhD in computer science from the Autonomous University of Madrid, and he's a senior lecturer of information technology at New Zealand's Otago Polytechnic since 2015. His main areas of research interests are accessibility software and machine learning driven content analysis. So thank you, Mr. Rosado, for putting this information together. I really hope that these institutions stop, stop turning education, which is supposed to be about education, like I said before, into moralizing and shaping people's beliefs on the world. 
I almost think that because maybe a lot of people are becoming more secular, they need another way to find purpose in life or something. But that's not what education and learning is about. Okay, thank you for watching. If you like my content, subscribe. Please donate to the channel if you like this content. And also leave a comment and sign up for the newsletter, just thinking out loud.tv slash newsletter. The donation link is just thinking out loud.tv slash donate. And um, subscribe to my channel if you haven't subscribed yet. Uh, you can also follow me on other platforms. There are tons of them, BitChute, Gab, DTube, and Steemit, and uh, pretty much anything out there that's popping up. I just hope something takes off soon. That's not YouTube, even though it might take years even. Thanks for watching. Have an awesome day. I will talk to you soon. Goodbye. If you want, you can check out this paper. I was only able to download it through my school. Otherwise, I would have, I would have had to pay like $35 for it. Um, so maybe it's not open to everyone. But it's also pretty... Like, you'd have to spend time understanding the whole thing. I didn't understand all of the, all of the methodology uh, because it's stuff I'm not versed in, like machine learning.